what day is it today? Could be any day that you're watching this or listening to it. And our intention is for you to get a lot from this. And the topic today is about marketing and that great subject, creating inquiries, leads, basically conversations that you can have with your ideal person that you want to talk to, that you can have an impact on and they can have an impact on your business. And so what a great subject, because I don't think there's a person really on LinkedIn um, who this isn't relevant to. And we're going live onto LinkedIn now. But if you're watching this back, thank you very much for joining us on one of our podcast channels or on YouTube. Or indeed, you might be one of the Bit 100 members watching it through our app. So we're going to be introducing you to Nick Griffith, who is a he's a marketing expert, but he is com completely committed to helping you to get more inquiries, create more conversations for you and your business. And it is something that is such an important topic. And it is one of Thomas's yeah. and my hot buttons in life because we support a lot of people in business, a lot of entrepreneurs. And it's amazing how people aren't necessarily putting the right things in place to create the right type of conversations and Thomas, what do conversations lead to? Conversations create transactions. Tony Cliff. <laughs> there you are. That was a, a guru from Thomas's past that said that to him. I can't What's remember on? what year that was, Thomas. Oh, well, it's places. 30 years, at least 30, 30 years. At least 30 years ago. So, you know, there's a lot goes on on social media. We feel like we're having conversations. We feel like that we've got a like or a share and that might be an inquiry, but it's not until you properly create the right mechanism for someone to say, I am really keen. So a minute, but first of all, let me give some context because you may have never listened to a BIP chat before. BIP stands for business is personal. And it is a belief and a philosophy that Thomas and I have always had through our entire careers. And our careers span about 40 years. So that's 80 years together. And um, it is personal. And anybody that says to you, as they said to me, Penny, it's not personal, it's just business. Well, that was a gift to me oh, because it set me yeah. on a path to convince the world that business is personal. And so we have created a community called BIP 100. And that's where we work extremely hard over the last three years to find really good experts in their field. And by doing that, our network on LinkedIn and beyond can contact us and say, do you know anybody who can? And most of the time within our community, we do. We still have a few places. So if anybody's interested in that, we'd love to hear from you. We really we say that we have the diversity of expertise, the commonality of kindness. So our experts are good human beings. They understand what it takes to be a community member. And when you have those values, which we almost we also have coined the phrase being in a super pack as opposed to being a lone wolf or a pack animal. If you uh, want somebody with those qualities, they're going to have the, the quality of generosity and kindness, which when we're, you're looking for a supplier, you're not just looking for an expert who's got the skills. You want those soft values as well. So that's a little bit about BitChat. Thomas and I run this together. Um, he's very, very good to me, Thomas, because as a wife, he tends to let me have all the noise, all the words. So you'll see every so often his mouth will open and he'll be trying to say something and I'll just won't even notice. So I always look out for that. So first of all, Nick, so you run. Um, I'm going to say the uh, URL so that anybody who's listening might curiously look up digitalmarketingpartnership.com. And yes. it might be you on LinkedIn. So look up Nick Griffith. So that's Griffith. 
G-R-I-F-F-I-T-H. So not no Griffith. S. No yes. S. So Griffith. So look up Nick. He loves to hear from people. Um, and in fact, he's also said, if you want to have a chat, Nick at digitalmarketingpartnership.com. And I will be repeating this at the end of the show as well. Now, we Thanks. know Nick because it was actually one of our members who recommended Nick to us as an expert because she uses Nick as an expert in her business to help her increase her inquiries. Now, that's always a good way to know that somebody's got an expertise, if somebody's willing to refer. And we've got to know Nick. We've met him many, many times. We've seen him in action. We've seen him running webinars. So we are very confident you're going to get some good information from him. So and Nick is a lovely chap. There you go. Thank you. He's definitely a GHB, a good human being. I I double vouch back to Penny and Thomas. They are tirelessly kids to making sure the BIP community works seamlessly. And between the two of them, they seem to be operating 24-7 in my world. But certainly they are very, very, very good. Oh, well, that's nice. We do love our work and anybody loves their work. Nick, it's very hard keeping up with 100 people, I can tell you. I, I find that sometimes hard and keeping up with one can be hard work. So I know <laughs> that is, which is why I, I take my hat off to both of you for keeping oh. that, that machine going because it is, it is personal and it's working. Yeah, it is. It is. Thank you for well, that. We, well, it's good. In, a, in an AI world, which we're going to talk about, we've got to bring our hearts into it. And so Thomas and I are very passionate about what we do. So Nick, you have a lot of knowledge and wisdom and experience about marketing, but this slice of marketing that you have yes. decided to really focus on uh, how to help people get inquiries. Tell us a little bit more about your journey to that and, and a little bit more, just expand on that. I guess um, yeah, the, the very short version, Penny, and very much thank you for you know hosting me on this, this podcast and uh, you here today is over 20 years, I've worked as a marketing consultant, digital marketing consultant for businesses. And, uh, you know, one of those areas that really sort of bugged me was the amount of leads that would get wasted by, you know, you, you might work hard to get traffic to a web page or traffic to a landing page or, or, or people to an event, whatever it was. And most people would go away disengaged. And I think we just accepted that, you know, what, 95, 90%? Whatever that number is that might visit the website, they leave without making an inquiry. They leave without any kind of further action. That whole world engagement, you know, it, I think we just accept, refuse to accept that as the norm. So what are the best tools for engagement? And I found that quizzes and scorecards, they really step up that game of engagement. And a lot of people, what it's really trying to do in the first instance is, is have a conversation. So some of those questions can be taken from that chat, put into a scorecard and quiz, create some value around it, save some time for both the host and the the inquiry and make sure you're actually a good match for each other. So that's that's really where I'm coming from. Most businesses have either set up what they think is a quiz but it's a questionnaire it's a one track give me all your answers i'm going to make sure you've got enough money to buy my stuff that's not a quiz quiz is interaction quiz is engagement and you know scorecard is a type of quiz and there are other types of quiz which is why i say quizzes and scorecard interchangeably um and i like to work with businesses to 
put that mechanism in place so that they're making the most of all the tools that are out there. Quite yeah. simple. So yeah, I, it's, I really it's too many years of seeing people waste. I mean, I've done joint ventures in the past where people have sent mutual traffic to each other and, and the conversion rate was one or two percent. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm trying to aim for five to ten percent or more. Even jump. even big brands, Nick, they're pretty dreadful at follow up, aren't they? It's well, sometimes it doesn't exist, and sometimes it's and I and, and I would I'd fully put my hands up and say in the early stages of the marketing career that they just send one size fits all messages back to people. Of course we did, because it was quicker to set up a follow-up campaign or something which wasn't targeted, it wasn't personalised, it wasn't segmented. But a quiz, even if you segmented into, right, there's one or two or three types of potential lead coming in, or even it's a man or it's a woman, (laughs) something very, very simple can really personalise and make sure you're getting your marketing, your copy, your imagery and your follow-up on point versus one size fits all i i mean i can endorse it because i have used a system like this and also you know one element of it that i really like when in this personalization of the way that you're going to communicate with someone and gaining their feedback through a quiz or a scorecard is actually when i have all their information in front of me and i do go through to having a call to talk about the results or whatever I've already done a huge amount of diagnosis of their challenges and can, you know, I have 42 questions on my scorecard um, and there will always be at least 10 pain points in there that I can really hone in on and talk to them about and give them value either on that call or say to them, you know, can I help you in another way, like join our community or whatever. So, yeah, can you give us some examples like that? Because I know you you help people come up with this and, and create this. Yeah, tell us what well, questions guess... work best, Nick. Well, okay. Well, first of all, don't ask open questions, okay? You know, no. off, off, the, off the bat, this yeah, isn't a big piece no. of prose. Um, you know, my one of my objectives, KPIs, is to have something that people can complete within three minutes. Uh, and just to kind of qualify that, a quiz or a scorecard doesn't have to be just purely for lead generation. It can also be for lead engagement. And a good example of that is a four-question quiz I've put into a, a Harley Street doctor's practice. So the actual lead arrives through Google Ads. It's already done to find a, a free consultation. The quiz then engages them immediately as part of the kind of immediate follow-up process to find out a little bit more about their symptoms and give them an early diagnosis which is value for them but for the business point of view it's also qualifying them into how quickly they want treatment hugely valuable from a follow-up perspective so yes there's there's one simple example from a from a medical perspective i find any service-based business there's a real opportunity coaching you know there's a business coach and he's saying whichever business is is holding back your profitability and growth and you may think oh, i think it's this but is that really true is that really you know am i, am I really on point here am i got the right sort of perspective and, and actual fact a lot of businesses they think they know the answer maybe that's what's holding them back so it, it's going through a measuring uh, and um, getting them to be honest with themselves and give them a bit more insight so 
another technique I like to use of questions is helping people answer them. You know, don't make it complicated. Don't make them leave a your quiz process halfway through. Like, what was your last month's you know figures on conversions on social media? They, they're not going to necessarily know that off the top of their heads. You know, so go away, leave the platform. You've lost them. So you might sort of make it a you know what are your average website visitors a month is it one to ten thousand is it ten thousand to a hundred thousand is it a hundred thousand to a million they're going to have an idea of that by making it an easier to answer question yeah. and uh, so i use that in broad ranges to make it something i'm not saying is it one to ten is it ten to twenty is it twenty to thirty it's it's too narrow in the answers and i think that that's a good way to help people answer the questions quickly uh you're not trying to do an exact diagnosis here you're trying to do a, a high level engagement to sort of get a preliminary conversation started just like you said penny where you can follow up with some pain points um yeah. another another technique i like to use in in answers to give people options is maybe give never more than four or five options it's just too much information to take in um but you might ask them, which statement best describes how you're doing something and it's, it's not just a mathematical measuring exercise it's a qualitative question not a quantitative question yeah. if that makes sense so you might go oh yeah that sounds like me yes and you might say which one most closely matches you not which is the exact match try and make it easy for them and a lot of the value i like to add is going back into analytics is, is looking at any questions that's you know once you've created it and not performing at their best and refining that to again make it easier um yeah. to answer and then must be a... sorry uh please when do you when do you use a scorecard and when do you use a quiz? Because I know you're using the words interchangeably, but people not, don't necessarily know the difference between deploying a quiz and deploying a scorecard. Is it well, how do you choose which one to deploy for each product or service? Uh, you know what? I, I think in, in some ways, um, the actual um, the scorecard example is a great measuring tool. It, you know, it's something that, you know, is going to have a categories section. It's going to have a, a, a number at the end of it it's giving somebody a a percentage you know it might giving somebody which area is performing in their business or you know in their, in their health or something worst you know and it's also going to give you a score across other areas so it, it might actually have four or five categories and show you mm, that's 20 percent, that's 40 percent, that's 60 percent, that's 80 percent. so that it's giving you a broader sort of output whereas a quiz it's almost like a, a single track answer a yes no you know what type of personality are you well i'm a supporter if i went and did the uh, uh wealth dynamics quiz you know it's not oh, telling so one me one is fun and one is numbers uh one is a single track answer and one is um numbers but yes it can be a fun quiz they don't it doesn't have to be fun you know in the sense of it's just it, it's it's you know, it can, or you, you want them to be engaging and easy to answer, but a lot of people do use the quiz format to sort of go, you know, what's your biggest, you know, what's your golf swing killer? You know, what's your killer part of your golf swing? And you're like, I don't know. And I'm thinking of American quizzes that have been part of my example and influence here. And uh, 
they don't know what they, they don't want to know whether it's their grip or their type of golf club is the problem they're just like are you a hooker are you a kind of a this are you a that and then it goes into okay well that's your big problem. here's here's a solution for you kind of thing so it's a it's like a one shot out whereas a scorecard is a more detailed and more complex output which and also as penny said gives you more entry points for conversation whereas the the quiz might lead you straight into a product so it might actually say if your killer swing is this here's a product and you might fully automate that process so it goes straight into a product purchase versus a scorecard which is you know we're, we're looking at trying to engage into a probably a phone call or a conversation as part of the next step yeah i like that a lot and i know imagine when people come to you ultimately most people will be looking for a transaction at the end of this they're hoping that at some point somebody's going to become a customer they're, they're, you're creating conversations yes become a customer but the, the quiz or the scorecard mustn't come across too transactional that it's it's got to, i always feel that it needs to add some value for somebody to put in 30 seconds or even five minutes of their life into this, they need some value back from it, something. Is there is there a way of them getting instant value back from, from all the time they put in? Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that, that that for me is the huge difference between a questionnaire and a quiz. You know, one of them is imagine a one-way road to me. Uh, a quiz is supposed to be two-way. So, for example, I, I created one for a, a gym health club and it was to obviously bring in and attract new potential members but it was like what's holding back your fitness and it's like is it your diet is it your exercise regime is it your mental state is it that and so that curiosity human beings are naturally curious well, what's going on over there you know oh you know, can i find a little bit more about me you know that kind of mindset mm -hmm. so if that gym is able to give that person a bit of insight you know, oh you know what i thought it was my diet actually it's my mindset that's all wrong that's holding back my fitness goals here and they, they may never join the gym but you've given them some value yeah and they may share that with a friend remember the shareability of a quiz versus some of my like i guess 100 page pdfs that people said look oh here's my life's work as a download have you read them no no will I ever read it no it's trying to wrap that up into something that could be digested in three minutes please thank you yeah i agree in fact i when i implemented mine i wrote a big report that depending so there were seven categories around that i was diagnosing around their business health and then they got a score out of each one and the ones that were yes. low um they would get a whole report on how to improve that score and it was a 42 page report and it was brilliant because once i wrote the report the report knew how to pull out the right thing. The the, the system, yeah. very clever, knew how to pull out the right thing and send a bespoke report to everybody. Absolutely. I, it was huge, but I don't think anybody really read it. And so I ended up... Probably sort of not. Down to a screen, a screenshot, basically. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, one of the platforms I use, ScoreApp, is that it creates, you know, some very easy to digest graphics you know whether it's a pie chart that shows something you know it's something that we're all quite familiar with it, it's not pages and pages and pages of, of content but you can link into if you had a hundred page report but only 20 percent of it was relevant to the person you could but just like you said penny what if it was yeah. 42 down to 10 you know or five for I the know, person exactly. 
and the rest of it is it's, it's sort of personalized to the stage of this is most relevant to you and I in that health club example I encourage them to do tips for high medium and low score based on their score yes. so if you were flying high with exercise do you really need to be told go and join a gym or go and yeah exactly in the morning and you don't you want something a bit more advanced and then you're thinking this is a good brand it's actually helped me yeah. move the dial yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go for it. Tom's got his hand up. He's got his hand so, up, good boy. So you two are talking all the time about people filling in a quiz or filling in a scorecard. What I'd like to know is how do you get people there in order to fill it in the first place? What works best? Is it email? Is it social media? Is it Google Ads? Is it SEO? Is it this platform? Is it that platform? There's so many choices of ways to get people to complete something. What's your what brutal questioning? What's your top three of what works best to fill in a quiz or mm. fill in a questionnaire? Have you got an ABC? What you mean getting the what, traffic what? to the site for getting it. the traffic, getting someone to fill something in. How do you what what works best? Well, okay. So imagine I, as part of an eco quiz ecosystem, there is a, a quiz landing page, you know, which in of it of itself, you know, is here are people that have done the quiz, there's some value here, we'll see what you get out of the quiz, here's a sample of what you get at the end. So if we're talking about getting people to that page itself, I think a lot of people leave um, like the opportunity on the table. So um, something as simple as a website banner on your homepage or on your, on, your, on your assets out there, which is either a banner or, you know, pop-ups can be used in different ways you know not everyone's favorite thing is a pop-up in this world you know it can be when you're about to close the page oh i've had enough of this and leaving you know pop-ups can be created in different formats so i think that is using your existing real estate and that's a good one um anyone that's doing podcasts you know we're talking here you know you've got social handles you know putting that url link again into your social channels at the back of a book, you know, you've read a book and people think, oh yeah, that was a really good book. Now what do I do? Oh, right, I can go and test myself against some of the chapters in this book. Fantastic, you know. So there's, I mean, obviously you can email, you can do, you know, you're asking me for top three here, Thomas. Um, I think using the free assets that you're already using, I think that is always going to be you know, one of the best places. And I'm going to give you one of my one of my things, my favorites is the thank you pages in your business. So whenever someone subscribes to a newsletter or joins a podcast or makes a purchase or any single part of your business where you click to confirm and generally people leave it as a vanilla out of the box. Thanks for registering. Come and join us. We'll see you next week. We'll do this. How about Oh, before you get there, how about do this? And you have a little banner, a little caption, which then encourages people to get started before the podcast, before the webinar, before the live events. So the thank you page is a free piece of real estate. Think about the person that's visiting that. They are already engaged. How about stepping up that engagement? So they're super engaged. You know, definitely. And just a quick one on the paid ads and other things like this. I think that depending on the value of the quiz and the value of your brand, it may be a second step option versus a first step option. It costs money, it costs clicks. You know, there's, you know, depending on how good that page is converting, what you don't want to do is see spending many tens or many amounts of money for people just to complete the quiz. 
So, you know, maybe for your business, distributing a voucher is probably the most attractive thing or something like that, or something as the initial advert. And that's what we've done with various businesses. As soon as they've engaged, then we send them the quiz to deepen and get them ready for the call. So, yes. So your top three are are the existing real estate, all the thank you pages, real estate the thank you pages and uh, you know obviously your network you know your social page you know social media posts you know you've got you've done you've done done someone's gonna done a quiz and they've got an output from that and you might choose to share oh did you know that 75 percent of our audience their number one problem is this you know how did you find that out actually you know Here's a quiz you can go and find out where you stand in that sort of sequence, you know. So existing real estate, all the thank you pages and uh, definitely the social media posts. And your, your existing contact list, your existing list of prospects that never turned into customers. Um, you know, you know, it's go, go and use what's already in your back pocket before yeah. you come to spend money to, to accumulate more. Okay, that's good. That's good. What's really clear here is that you know, well, actually the marketing of this scorecard is the piece that you know really well, you know, how the, the whole traffic around it, how to get the people to this point is, is obviously a key part of what you do. Is that, am I right in that? It, it is, it is. I think, I think um, a quiz, if I was going to use the sort of a, a metaphor, a quiz is a booster, you know, it's a turbo on an engine. The engine is your business you know your your existing funnel what you've already created is your assets to get to nurture people in what you're trying to do is increase the conversion rate of what, what's going through that funnel that's your turbo and i guess it's the engineer in me going here's an engine put something on top of that that's the turbo but like anything without any fuel without any promotion there's nothing going through the turbo there's nothing going through the engine so yes there's definitely um one of the things I've got experience of is, is doing that. And I guess the sort of a three plus one, Thomas, before I like the, the free traffic sources, um, joint ventures, you know, finding people where there's a, a mutual win-win where you, they go, give us something to send. You know, where are they going to send people to? They could send them to your most recent podcast. They could send them to join a webinar, but maybe something that gives them instant gratification is uh, right for that audience. And a quiz or scorecard can fit very neatly in to a partner going, I've got a list of 10,000. Give them something to send, you know, before we, um, you know, the webinar's next week. But hi, this is Penny. This is Thomas. Before we get to the call, I'd only find out what your score is in business and find out what your, you know, where your greatest area of opportunity is for improving your profitability, your growth, or your networking centric. But, you know, it, it suits the business. Very, very good. I mean, I absolutely love the I, the concept of this. And I am the classic person, we've talked about this, that created mine. And then it just sat on my website. And I didn't do anything. You're not alone, Penny. Most people, they get started. It's that project on that to-do list. It sits there for months. Mm. And the people, they knock on my door and they Nick, can you help us get it over the line? And then own, own it for us so that it could be out of our minds and we could just have that monthly up. Eight, which is why I do the done for you service. That's really nice. Yeah, that's Thomas putting his hand up. Is that say you want the done for you service? Thomas, when we got married, Thomas said, <laughs> I am not a DIY, I'm a BIY, a buy it yourself. 
So yeah, I think <laughs> I think there are too many people now who um, think that they can learn everything. They've got their expertise, and then they think they can learn everything around the outside that's going to help their business grow. And it is impossible. You need really good experts, and you know, and the return on that expertise is always enormous. Um, yeah, so that's, I think it's that's true. It, it really is important, I think, that um, I like the fact that people say, just give us a monthly update, just give us the leads, give us the inquiries, give us an update on how it's going. But it's over to you, Nick. You know what you're doing. And, and on top of that, they kind of go, when Thomas is, they say, and Nick, you know, if there were three things, I'd like to say, well, there were three things I'd prove on your quiz from last month. Don't wait to be asked the question by the business owner. Put that in as part of the data that's moving and then they've got the comparable with other quizzes and scorecards and see what's working. For example, a video that sits on the landing page and on the thank you page works better. We know that, but if people haven't implemented it, it's a suggestion that I make. You know, it's here's the data um, here are your top three summaries. Fine. I'm a business owner. I'm a busy person. I don't need to, all the detail, but I, I will say yes to implementing those, Nick. Go. And they're ready for next month. Let's look at the data. What's, has it made a difference? Off we go. Yeah. Stay in your lane. That's the important thing when you're in business. Stay in the lane. Yes. Good that. Thomas, I thought you were waving to me, but you want to say something. Yeah, Nick, can I ask you the dreaded AI question? Oh, yes. So we've got, we've got uh, AI coming into all of our lives with Google Bar, ChatGPT, Scorecard.ai. Everyone's going AI mad. Have we have we reached the point yet where you, I'm redundant. <laughs> you can take a website, feed it into something else, and it'll just write your whole questionnaire for you? Are we are we at that point yet, or is it still we, a highly personal experience? I think eighty percent of what you've just said there. Yes, it, you know you can do something, and and one of the integrations recently from from Score App is it creates simple questions, yes no answers. It doesn't go into layers of granularity and even even and i'm sure even in my even you know the founder of score rap you know daniel and i asked him about this he said it bakes the cake you know someone needs to put the icing on top in the decoration yes so yes oh that's suddenly 80 percent of your workload has been done and maybe in the ai process it creates some better ideas and questions and categories that you and that fuzzy Tuesday afternoon when you're trying to bash it out in a day you know it, it's broaden your horizons and uh, and I used AI in one example with a client which was we between us understood the business and chat GPT or something a tool like that could certainly help you accelerate okay what are the key areas here but what we did was we did question design and then I asked it for three variants of each question and then I put them back to the clients and said, which is your favorites? Interestingly, I hadn't told them by that stage I was using AI to generate the three variants. It was a test to see what worked and what reaction. 50% were the first variant, which was me. And the other 50% they chose were the AI versions of the first version. So uh, I was using it to create a bit more diversity in language and what we were doing. And uh, I would use that process again with other clients, which is it creates more variations in there. The personalization options are, are very important. Otherwise, it will come out 
vanilla and out of the box. And, and I think as AI develops, people will be watching for that, just as we know a bot chatting to us over you know, something which is engaged on a website. As soon as we smell that, that's a disengagement versus an engagement. Yeah, very, very. Is, is AI is AI more about saving time or being more creative? What what's the leaning? Is it's it both? It's both. It's both of those. Yes, absolutely. You can you can create a first draft of something which is a, a framework in minutes versus what might have taken you a month worth of a couple of Zoom calls and you know a couple of meetings and you know a first draft and a Google document and a shared back and forth. You can suddenly have that next month to dive, and I would use it for this sort of time. Right, well, let's create what launch content we're going to create for this. How are we going to use that time wisely? We haven't had to sit here going through basic nuts and bolts. What we want to do is have a segmented launch based off of that's a social channel, that's a podcast, and that's our webinar. So actually, we've got three different bits of copy that we've used that month for to create something that's going to have a greater impact on traffic once the quiz is built we haven't wasted that month sitting there trying to grind out the questions and the answers so you can reallocate your time in a better way so So this uh, is making you more productive and more creative yes so this is a real positive boost isn't it yes i mean i would be the first to admit one of the implications before i understood ai uh, a bit more chat gpt you know january but I'm thinking, will it make me redundant in that case? But no, someone still has to put the icing on the cake. And uh, we've all gone into a supermarket and thought, well, actually, there's your, there's your chocolate cake. But what looks better that with the suddenly the nice fondant icing with the, the personalized decoration? Well, yes, you know what? If you say what well, a simple chocolate cake, you can have a simple chocolate cake. But yes, yeah, that's not going to generate you your best results. And that's why you're investing in it. So, Penny, this is a little bit, Nick's statement sounds a little bit like Martin Ector's superhuman. It does, isn't it? 80% yeah. is done by the machine, and then the superhuman comes in and does the final fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be interesting looking across all of the sectors, how because he, Martin Ector talks about, um, you know, lawyers and accountants, them all being, you know, made pretty much redundant by AI. However, there's always going to have to be the superhuman that checks the work and improves it. Um, because of their innate knowledge. And also, I think the connection between the heart and the brain, which uh, is really important in anything. So I think this has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, I 100% endorse your strategy that you come up with. Thank and you. This is so, um, it's any sector, it's whether you're selling a product, it's whether it's about engagement, it's about showing that you are interested, it's about helping someone self diagnose a bit. It's, yes. it, it really is an important aspect now, I think, of, of creating inquiries. So I hope anybody that's watched this um, has really or listened to it. If you're walking the dog in the car, whatever, um, <laughs> wherever you are, wherever you are, I hope it's added some value and created some curiosity. And as we said at the top of the show, Nick is a really good guy. He's worth having a, a just a, an interesting conversation with about whether or not you're creating enough conversations in your business and not just loads of conversations you want to create the correct conversations you want to know that when somebody's contacting you they're sort of partially qualified they're they're properly interested in taking the business that you have to another level with them so um yeah so remember how you it it, it is say that the other thing on that 
it, it is. And I think uh, you've just said that you're actually passing on the sort of time of saving to the for the leads to the new inquiry. You're not sitting there for the first 15 minutes of a Zoom call or something. We're trying to or even a meeting trying to grind out some Q&A to understand a bit more about their business. You actually got, as you said, a number of data points to start with, and you can focus on solution mode, value mode, you know, seeding what you do as a service or what your product is and using their half hour call with you really wisely versus 15 minutes of right. OK, well, we've got your name and your email and we know your business name. But let's find out a bit more yeah. about where your pain points are and where Absolutely. your problem might be. Yeah, I mean, 70 percent of the people that um, answer my one, 70 percent of people say that they are lonely in business immediately we hear that right. we then focus on the fact that you know obviously being in a community as opposed to being part of a network or being a lone wolf is makes a big difference and that that in itself helps to qualify us into someone a they're open enough to realize it about themselves and they've got that self-awareness and that is a, a need that we want to we'll solve and so yeah i think and then it's really interesting to ask somebody to take the take the questionnaire again a few months later and yeah. see how how the, the bar has shifted because of the way that you're... How the dial is, it has yeah. improved, yes. Uh, yeah, so it's a really good business tool, not, you know, overall. So it doesn't just start and end with the inquiry. It can be taken right. a lot further into the business and, and your values around supporting people. So I think it's been... Well, Nick, that leads me to the question, are you happier since you joined BIP? <laughs> oh, Thomas. <laughs> Look at this smile. <laughs> look at that that's a yes thomas and then, <laughs> no no i i i'm out here in my three in the 300 year old barn in wiltshire i i've removed myself from the city life and you know i've looked out there i mean i don't see a human being in sight so yes you i could have set myself up to be lonely out here but it's quite the opposite because it came at the same time in my life to join bit and to move home uh, and i've never felt more engaged with part of a community since doing that so it was the right time and the right call you know that came yeah. together well, and uh, you well, there you are and that and that again back to what you do nick is what you're actually trying to qualify when you're trying to engage with a new potential customer so i think that's a really good place to to finish this remember to contact nick on linkedin nick griffith so no s on the end g r i Double F-I-T-H. I'd love to have a good LinkedIn is actually Nick, Nick R. Griffith. It's LinkedIn.com and the actual URL oh, is okay. Nick R. Griffith. Okay. Because there's, a, there's a few Nick Griffiths in the world, even oh, though yeah. there's All rare right. without contact, the X. Contact Thomas and I and we'll connect you to Nick um, with our pleasure. Or you can look up his um, his website, digitalmarketingpartnership.com. Um, so, yeah, get in touch with Nick. I hope we've stirred you into some new thinking around how you can create some conversations in your business. And Nick, thank you so much for your time today. We've loved this. Thank you. We are going to love having this as an asset in our podcast for us to point people to. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Penny. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you.